You're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Do you want to speak with confidence and authority, have more influence, and get bigger and better results? Whether you're a top executive, an entrepreneur, or climbing the career ladder, this is the show for you. A leader who wants to inspire others and leave a lasting legacy. Now here's your host, world-renowned TEDx speaker, author, and executive communication coach, Dr. Laura Sokola. Welcome to the podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, your host, founder of Vocal Impact Productions and author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. Stick around today because at the end, I'm going to tell you how to download a copy of my top equipment recommendations from microphones and cameras and lights to backgrounds and more to make sure that your on-camera presence is as on-brand excellent as you know that you always are in person. And that's always a challenge for a lot of people. So again, I'll give you the link where to go to download that at the end of the show today. Now, as things open up in our society, locally, nationally, and internationally, for that matter, it gives us more and more opportunities to get together in person and do something that I think for the longest time, most of us were really taking for granted, networking opportunities. For a lot of people, this has some mixed feelings connected to it, right? There are those who are on the one hand, like me, feeling a sense of relief. I miss you guys. I miss being able to meet you in person, to see you face to face, to shake hands, to give hugs, etc. But then again, a lot of other people feel like they're out of practice. It's been a long time since you've been to in-person networking events, a long time since you've had to do that elevator pitch and figure out how to network with people again. So that's what I really wanted to focus on today. And I started thinking about it a little bit more after our interview with Dr. Ivan Meisner from BNI a little while ago that I got the networking bug again. And yes, there's lots of virtual networking opportunities that are possible and that we attend every now and then, but it's just not the same. And I know that when you finally have a chance to be in person again, that you want to feel polished, you want to feel confident, you want to feel like your elevator pitch is good to go. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Now, there's lots of different versions of the quote-unquote elevator pitch, right? Whether there's versions that you might want to do if you're just in a one-on-one conversation, you know, with your cup of coffee or a glass of wine in your hand, versus if you're going to be, if you're in a smaller group, perhaps, and everybody's doing a round robin and everyone has their window of time to introduce themselves to the group. People ask questions like, well, is it a 30 second? Is it a 60 second? Is it a two minute version? What's the time frame that I should do for the perfect elevator pitch? I want to be clear on a couple of things. First, there is no such thing as a perfect elevator pitch. The best elevator pitch is one that simply makes it clear who you are, what you do, and the value that you bring and why people would want to get in touch with you about that. And beyond that, it just needs to be personal and personable. I want to know who you are, not just what you do. I want to feel a connection with you, whether or not I have any need whatsoever for your personal service. I want to feel comfortable talking to you. So you need to be comfortable talking to me about it. So a couple of things that we want to put aside right from the beginning, some don'ts before we get to the do's. Please, 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 please. If you need to do your elevator pitch, do not start with a big sigh 
and, you know, kind of look up at the ceiling. Like, you now have to figure out how to tell people this. And especially if you're someone who wears a lot of hats, maybe you're an entrepreneur who is trying to do a whole bunch of different things or one way or another, don't look like you're about to figure this out for yourself as you're starting to talk to me. I can't stand when I watch somebody's posture suddenly shift into kind of a slush to the side as they look up and go, well, I do a lot of things. As soon as I hear that, I go, oh God, I'm in for it. Here we go. All right. Get comfortable. Uh, where's the bathroom or is there a refill? Is there somebody else I can and reach over here and bring into this conversation to rescue me from whatever I'm about to hear that is just going to be really tedious? Please don't do that. Similarly, there's a four letter word that you need to avoid when describing who you are and what you do. And that four letter word is the word just. I don't want to hear things like, well, I'm just an accountant. I just sell insurance or I just do this. There is no just. That diminishes the value of what you do. And frankly, the difficulty. Maybe to you, it seems simple. Trust me, to me and to many others, it's not. So the minute you say, well, I'm just an accountant, all that implies to me is you don't like what you do. You may or may not be any good at it. You don't think there's a whole lot of value in it. And you're pretty sure that I'm not going to want to talk to you and that you don't really want to talk to me you're not really confident or interested because you don't feel interested. Yeah, it just all goes downhill from there. So take out the word just from your vocabulary. So what do we do? I want to make sure that everybody, when in doubt, follow what my high school senior history teacher used to say. It used to write on the my essays more often than not. Follow the KISS principle. KISS, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, sweetheart. I think our sport. I think technically it's keep it simple, stupid, but I don't like that version. We're going to do keep it simple, sweetheart, or keep it simple, sport, or fill in the S of your choice from there. The simpler you can make it, the better. So for example, there's somebody that I met, it has to be 10 years ago, and I thought he had the best elevator pitch ever. He was someone who perhaps less intuitively or surprisingly for that matter, had what most people would not consider the sexiest or most exciting job. He was a sales rep who specifically sold trash cans and recycling bins. That's what his company manufactured. And I'm sure various versions of those kinds of receptacles. But number one, he was so happy and just excited to meet people. And he was the nicest guy. And he was in a best mood when he talked to him. But his line, very simply, was his name and his company And he said, we sell trash cans and recycling bins to corporations, blah, blah, blah. And I have the best job in the world because I get to talk trash all day. And he said it with a big cheesy grin on his face. And as soon as he said it, everybody burst out laughing and you just liked him. Like, it doesn't matter if you ever need to buy another trash can in your life, much less a hundred of them for an office complex. But you just wanted to spend more time with this guy because you liked him. You were going to enjoy the conversation. He made you smile. And you know what? If it did happen to know anybody who needed some industrial size trash cans and recycling bins, you're totally going to remember and call him. So, you know, just shout out to people who may you, it would be very easy for him perhaps to think, well, you know, how do I feel important? How do I sound important? How do I make this sound exciting? How do no, be you. I want to connect with you. I want to enjoy my conversation, whether it's over a Danish or a cocktail or whatever, for two minutes with you in that conversation. And you know what? His elevator pitch was so simple, so clear, and 
he was so much fun that it didn't matter whether or not we kept talking about the job. I could have spent another 10 or 20 minutes just enjoying conversation with that person. And remember that networking is all about establishing relationships. It is seed planting. That's it. So today, I want us to focus a little bit on just the 30-second version, the simplest introductory bits to explain to somebody who you are and what you do. So we're going to talk about three things, the mindset, the content or structure, and the delivery. Because if you can get each of those three things down, you're solid. You are good to go and everybody's going to want to talk to you. So number one, let's talk about the mindset. First of all, I hate the word elevator pitch because the word pitch itself sounds like a sales pitch. Like within 30 seconds, you're going to try to stick something in some sort of a pitch to get me to buy something. No, I'm not trying to get you to buy anything in the next 30 seconds. That's not what it's about. The pitch is just an intro. Think of it this way. I'm a foodie. I love food. I love to cook. I love to eat. I love restaurants. I love all that kind of stuff. And when you go to a nice restaurant, often at the beginning, the waiter or waitress or a server will put in front of you what's called an amuse-bouche. And it's like a little appetizer, but it's usually extremely small. It's not something that you order off of the menu. It's just something that the chef chooses to give you as a complimentary beginning to whet the appetite, as it were. Amuse-bouche literally translates to that which amuses the mouth. You're just enticing someone, opening them up to wanting more. And that's what you want to do with this 30-second elevator pitch. This is your networking amuse-bouche. This is your opportunity to intrigue them and to get them to say to you three little words. Not I love you. Those are always good too. But simply tell me more. And if they can get more specific, so tell me more about this whatever point that you made in those 30 seconds. That's great. Because it's not that you have to get everything in the world in those 30 seconds. You just have to pique their interest and get them to ask you to to tell them more about some aspect of it. Then you know exactly what other details to include, which makes your life so much easier. Nobody wants you to do a two-minute data dump. A two-minute monologue is a long monologue when somebody's sitting there in front of you. So just give them a little bit and then let the conversation volley back to them and see where they go with it. And at that point, if they do ask you for more information about something specific, it's because it's what they're interested in. And then they're much more receptive to listening, to understanding, to retaining what you're saying, and then to passing along your information to somebody else. So this is really far more effective than just the two-minute, huge monologue data dump. So that's the mindset, right? The amuse-bouche, the networking amuse-bouche, just a little bit of amusement in the mouth, a little bit of a seed to plant, opening people up. Number two, content. Remember, again, there is no single perfect answer, depending on who you're talking to, what kind of context it is. There's lots of ways that you could frame your content. Because remember, you just need enough in that amuse-bouche to get them to ask you for everything else that you want to say, but you couldn't squeeze into the first 30 seconds. There's always room for more. Just decide what goes first and what can wait for them to prompt you for a bit more. So very simply, of course, you're going to start with your company. You're going to include your role or your title. Please do not, 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 just list the various tasks and duties that you have that you complete on a daily basis. That is mind numbing. No one's going to remember it and no one's going to hire you for it. No one's going to bring you on to do something like that. What you do want to do, however, especially in those first 30 seconds, is to tell people 
not just what you do, but the value that you deliver from the results that you get, for whom you get them, and what you love about doing it. I'll say that again. The three things you want to include aside from, you know, name, rank, serial number is not just what you do, but the value that you deliver for whom you get that value and why you do it. What you love about doing it, your favorite part of the job. This makes it more interesting to listen to because if you like something, they're going to like it, or at least they'll know that you like it. And that's hugely important because I only wanted to hire somebody or do business with somebody who likes what they do. Why would I hire you if I think you hate your job? That means you're probably bad at it or you're not going to give me really good service. So being positive about it and sharing what you love is really important. So for example, I had a client who was the head of IT infrastructure at a major tech company. And now there's, I'm sure every day her email was blowing up that she had meetings all over the place. She was in charge of 75 different aspects of the company. So At that point, how are we going to distill that down to 30 seconds or so? What she ended up being able to do was simply say that with everyone working remotely, whether because they were traveling, working from home, et cetera, the fact is people could log in from anywhere and know that everything just works. So if you can freely do your job, it's because I did mine. And that's really satisfying. That's what she would say. So no matter where you log in, If you can freely do your job, it's because I did mine. And that's what I love. So that's something that she could use during a round robin at a more formal event, during a one-on-one conversation and passing between the hors d'oeuvres, et cetera. Or she could also say that if she met the CEO of the corporation in the elevator one day, and if that person turns to her and says, so what do you do for me? Why do I pay you? What do you do for my company? She could say that. Well, you know, when you're working from home, you're working here, you're working there. When you log in and things just work, that's because I've done my job for you. Who doesn't get that? I don't need to know how you do it. I get why I care about it. That's a perfect pitch. Now, for mine, it could be a little bit, it's it's obviously going to be a little bit different because my work is totally different. So I would tell people that my name is Laura Sicola, company, blah, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. But that for me, I'm a leadership communication and influence coach. So my job is to make sure that, you know, nowadays, whether you're in person or on Zoom, you're not just talking to people, you inspire them. Because when you inspire people, they get it. Then they get on board with your ideas. And that's when you get more yeses. Yes to the promotion. Yes from the board. Yes from your clients. And I love hearing all those yeses. And more importantly, seeing people become the kind of leader they always knew they could be. That's what I start with. And then people can ask questions. Oh, do you do coaching? Do you do training? Is it one-on-one? Or is it a particular industry? Is it a particular... Wherever the conversation goes, that's fine. And you never know what kind of questions they ask, what comments they want to share. Now, another way I could go perhaps is simply to say, after mentioning that I'm a leadership communication and influence coach, I could pose a question. Something along the lines of, my clients have to ask themselves, as a leader, when you speak, do you captivate your audience or just hold them captive? Most people do the latter. But the problem is, it's not enough to be the brains behind the operation. You have to be the face and the voice in front of it. And I help people do that confidently and authentically to get the results that they want. 
Again, there's no single perfect way. Could I make either of those better? Sure. Would I adjust them depending on who my audience is? Sure. If I were to sit here and think about it over and over and over again, would I tighten them up and change them and edit 47 more times? Yeah, probably. That's okay. There is no single perfect way. It just has to be personal. It has to be your style. And it has to just give people, again, that taste of what you do. Now, to the extent that you're coming up with a lot of, yeah, but kind of pushback. Again, even if you are a, I'm going to use a totally polar opposite example from my kind of work. Let's say you're a tax accountant. Maybe you don't feel like it's the most exciting or the, the, what I hear a lot from people who are accountants in those kinds of jobs is, well, but other people don't think it's exciting. People aren't going to think it's exciting if I tell them I'm an accountant. I don't care if they think accounting is exciting. I don't think accounting is exciting, but I want to hire an accountant who does. That's crucial. That's why I love my accountant because he loves talking about all those the different ideas he's got with regard to what to do with my taxes and blah, blah. Good. Then I know he's interested. He's going to focus and he's going to do a good job for me. So think about this. What pain do you prevent for your clients? What opportunity do you bring? What pleasure? What peace do you bring them? And for that matter, what do you love about it? Trust me, there's no job I would be worse at than being a tax accountant. But why do you love it? Do you love seeing how much you can save people? Is it a game to you? Is it fun? Is it like solving a puzzle, like kind of forensic accounting? Is it, is it exciting, like being on some crime show? You're doing your forensic discovery as well. You just have to show that you love what you do. And that's not only in the content, but that brings us to point number three, and that is the delivery. The way that you work out your content and deliver it has to be conversational, and it has to sound like you. And that's why you have to talk it out. You can't just script it. Because if you just write your script, trust me, it will sound extremely formal and stilted. So you have to practice. You have to read it out loud, read it to yourself, record it. And as you're saying it, first ask yourself, does this feel like me? Does Would I actually say this or do I sound really kind of geeky or stuffy or just awkward or overly formal or would I even want to talk to myself if I heard that come out? Okay, if the answer is no, then back up. What would I say? What would sound natural? And being able then to adjust, so if you are going to write it out because you want to memorize it, you want to record it and, and have it ready to go at any time, that's fine. You can create the script, but again, it has to be really, really, really iterative. And you have to keep saying it out loud and listening to the recording with editing, 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 until you finally feel like, okay, that actually does sound like me. I would say that and not feel like a total dork if I did. So that's crucial. And then finally, as you're doing it, smile. Remember, do you love what you do? It is an amuse-bouche, amuse, amuse, amusing the mouth. And your mouth has to seem amused as you're doing it. That means you smile. People can hear it when you smile. Remember the trash recycling container guy. If he can make it fun, so can you. So here's my call to action for you. Practice now. Tonight, when you get home, after dinner, do a little brainstorming session at the computer or with a pad and paper. You can write with a crayon if it makes you happy. Get a glass of wine or a beer, a cocktail. So remember, look, everybody is half a 
networking events you're going to attend are probably during a happy hour anyway. So consider it a prop to help you get in the spirit of the event and be comfortable with something in your hand. Then as you're writing down your ideas, you're doing your initial brainstorm, your little data dump, remember that networking is just about building relationships. Elevator pitch is just planting a seed. You're going to see where the conversation takes you and that will give you an opportunity to share more. So as you're putting all this together, just remember, have fun. You're talking to people who want to enjoy talking to someone who they feel like is enjoying talking to them. Enjoy the process, have fun, and I can't wait to see you at some upcoming networking event so I can hear your elevator pitch. With that, thank you once, as always, for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And don't forget, of course, to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can help even more people develop their confidence, presence, and influence. And finally, as I promised, if you want the free download of my list of recommended equipment to make sure that your personal and professional brand comes across as amazing on video conferences as you are in person, go to, ready, speakingtoinfluence.com slash equipment. I'll say it again. Go to speakingtoinfluence.com slash equipment. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, and you're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Laura Sokola, and I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Speaking to Influence podcast. If you love listening to these episodes as much as I love bringing them to you, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please go to iTunes right now to rate and review our podcast in order to help us expand our reach so even more people can master the three C's to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Thanks for listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite, the show for readers who want to speak with impact. The hosts, producers, owners, and media distributors of the show make no guarantees that the strategies and information discussed will result in profit or other success and may result in losses. The opinions and statements of the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owners, staff, managers, broadcasters, or sponsors of the show. No medical or psychological therapy or personal or professional wellness or relationship advice is offered in the show. You are advised to seek counsel on matters related to your health, family, relationships, job, or other business and legal matters from licensed advisors in those areas prior to making any changes in business or lifestyle. No information provided may be suitable in your situation. As always, take responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the reactions they may make in your work, family, health, and life.